Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm yours, Morning, my course as usual, Aiden. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Arsenal, so we discuss Arsenal, Southampton, doubleheader, and the upcoming fixture against the informed Man United. Um, first of all, we kicked off our FA Cup defence against Southampton. I always felt it was going to be a very tricky affair. But, um, yeah, Arsenal rang the changes, which we hoped we wouldn't. And Southampton named a somewhat stronger side. And that kind of surprised me, actually, between the two sides. Yeah, and I mean, as you said now, you know, part one of the double header. Uh, and I mean, the, the Saints, as we all come to have now known the past, I think, three, four years, now they have become, I think I mentioned last week, you know, almost like our, uh, our bogey side, because they've, you know, almost like under us, they've become almost a very tenacious squad, who, you know, can put you to the sword if need be, because, I mean, if you think of, of um, that game where they beat Liverpool as well in the in the league, I believe, where they almost like they scored quite early in the game and kind of just shut up shop and Liverpool tried, you know, after Puff and couldn't get really through to them. So it just shows you they are, or they can be a dangerous side. And, and I mean, it also questions became, you know, directed at Arteta as well, like from the fan base as well as pundits of, was all the changes really necessary going into this game? Because, you know, this is now, say, one chance again now of silverware. And also, I think the heat was also on Arteta for, not, not like, look, we're going through a good patch at the moment, league-wise. But I think the pressure was also on him. Like, you know, he's not really worth it making that sacrifice of the players that you're not taken out and saving him for the midweek game against the, the Southern squad. I, I guess if you look at it in that manner, um, the soccer football has changed so much over the years where, you know, we at one stage we were crying out for silverware, silverware. Mm. And, you know, now all of a sudden you've, had the luxury of tasting what four FA Cups in the space of seven years, yeah. and now all of a sudden, you know, uh, the FA Cup becomes uh, not a priority. All of a sudden, top four now is, you know, the thing, the be all to end all at the moment. And, you know, I, I think, you know, if Arsenal don't end in the top four, I mean, you look at Arteta and maybe think silly, silly decision to, to depending on the result of the game, um, if it doesn't go your way and you rotate it. But if, you know, you make a rotation like this, it pays off and, you know, you maybe end up in the top four because of, um, you know, you, you're not risking players. Um, then you look at Arteta and say, no, well done. So it's all, you know, comes out to how it ends off at the end of the season. What was your thoughts, like, you know, going into the game where um, Aubameyang was planned or pinned in the squad, uh, like the travelling party for the game? Uh, and almost like last minute, uh, you know, family problem with his mom taking ill. I mean, of course, it was first first kept uh, quite secret by the club, but actually so. But, I mean, what was your thoughts like with him being withdrawn from the squad? You know, I think at, initially I was a bit disappointed, but I never knew the the, the, the reason. I mean, if, yeah. if it's with the family, you know, we, we forget these footballers are also human. I mean, when we take a, a personal day leave or, you know, family responsibility, you know, it's it's not frowned upon but because you know footballers I guess people frown upon these type of things but I guess you know the human element needs to come to come around with us and you know so be it that he had to take it for his for his mom so you know all the best with that like but at the time you know I really felt Arsenal were kind of rolling downhill with Aubameyang out you know even though he hasn't been in the best of form but you know like I said on the bench Aubameyang not playing you know you looked at Arsenal's lineup and asked 
where the goal's going to come from. Yeah. So, I mean, the game starts for the pace, and, and of course, we were expecting, you know, since all our, what we would now call key players were out, and these were now players now, including the squad, that now, were now almost like vying for a place for the, the Premier League squad more than, you know, you know more than likely. Um, we were kind of almost like on the back foot, almost like really not, not knowing what to expect. And I mean, look, sorry, actually threw the kitchen sink at us from the get-go because, I mean, they get an early call and I think it was fourth minute. And I mean, we of course know Ward Prowse is very, very dangerous with his whipping free kicks. And then of course, the the, the, the next corner that they get, I think it's about the fourth minute, on the other side of the pitch, and I'm now thinking to myself, okay, so the only way he's going to get now a corner here to be dangerous is like an outswinging corner because he's not going to be that dangerous. And then what does he go do? He eats the ball outside of his foot the corner and it lands on top of the cross by now. I mean, it's a, again a narrow miss for Arsenal then. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it is, you could see Arsenal were already shaky. It's like they started off almost um, with uh, um, how can I say they were with nerves, and it's like they didn't have that proper leadership in the team as well. You know, they had no senior head to keep. I know I thought Jaka would have done it, but you know, you could see Arsenal was starting off on the back foot and very nervous. Yeah, the 14th minute again, Che Adams again this time. Eating a ferocious shot at Leno, which Leno just manages to palm away. And I mean, for me, alarm bells were ringing, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, somehow you're going to have to alter the tactics here, you know, because, you know, when you start getting already worked up kind of at, at, at Arteta, because you can see it's almost like one way traffic. And there was a period in the game where even the commentators were even talking about, like, you know, we, I'm sure you listeners also felt it way. It's almost like that ball just did not want to go over to the Southampton half. Just the ball of the gameplay was just camped within the halfway line and our box. Yeah, it, it was like we were struggling to get the foothold in the game and the players we had and the pitch was not driving us forward at all. Mm. Yeah, and then 24th minute, you know, inevitable. Uh, Walker Peters ends up getting a ball that kind of, you know, just veers off from a cross. Nobody really picks him up. I think everybody was more ball-watching than anything. And I mean, when he now realizes, okay, nobody's going to come to tackle me, he just ends up hitting a pot shot. And I think Leno just about has it covered because of the, the positioning. He is already lining himself up to save it. And then, I mean, Gabriel's now made a return after, I think it was a two-week something break. Ends up sticking his foot out and he steers the ball past Leno. One or uh, Southampton. You could see Southampton... Like, you know, took command of the game and, and Gabriel as well, you know, yeah. really struggled. You know, somebody that has been the the light of the Arsenal defence is really battling at the moment. I don't know why maybe they threw him in so early, I think. Eden, I think I missed you still. Uh, could be even at full-time or something. We asked, or oh, half-time, sorry. And I just told you, why didn't they him rather kind of wet his feet in the game prior to that? Yeah, and you know, like giving like a ten minute runner just to get that sort of match or game day sequence in his head going again because he looked sluggish. Like, look, he was like second base for everything, and I mean, we know he, that's not his type of of, of you know football or gameplay. And I mean, he was struggling constantly. I'm mean, also like it's not like it was like a, do- a domino effect going through the team then because it kind of folded in on on holding as well. We holding was you know almost like clumsy doing things a few seconds too slow and. And you couldn't really say, okay, our fullbacks are going to bomb for it because they were almost like having to also take care that there's not going to be a muck-up, you know, at the back somewhere. And because they were normally coming out to bail them out at the back because, I mean, things were getting almost like too much with the centre-back period. And, I mean, Aldini wasn't doing any favours either because 
as I told you, and I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the podcast the other day already, El Nini is somebody you want to have in your squad when you want to say see a game out when you're near the lead. But if you at like say zero zero and you want to actually go and get something out of the game, he is not the guy to have because all he's gonna do is just running the songs like horseshoe shape, you know, from yeah. off to the off and then back into off again. He's the type of guy you have in the team when you want to secure your one nil lead till the end, but you can't be behind in a game. I mean, if if you have on any in the team, so you know that that was probably one of, definitely one of the the problems we had. Like I said, there was nobody driving the team forward. The fullbacks had to cover for the centre backs, so you know you were always going to be pinned in your own half, and you can't expect the likes of Nketiah to to bail you out because he's not going to get the ball from the halfway line, take on four players, and or you know, beat two players and wait for midfield runners. So have you noticed you also you also pick up now that the, the when um, Smith Rowe is not playing or is there some sort of you know, one of the guys that are now on fire now when they are not playing, you can actually see this team don't really gel that well yet. Yeah, we we're very dependent on individual players, but I think that comes down to our data to also start integrating certain players in various games. I mean, you know, if you want to play in Ketia, play in Winsaka, uh, Abamiang, Ilmir, Smith-Rowe is all playing. Then you give Lacazette a rest. Maybe you could have given him a rest against Newcastle. You know, till half-time, if you saw it wasn't working out, bring Lacazette on. He has, he has fresh legs. I mean, I, I would rather maybe start a stronger team at times and then actually, you know, get your result and 16th minute you take your players off. And I mean, like... Look to add on to your talking points in this, this section of the podcast. I mean, like my biggest qualms of the first half was, you know, Martinelli seemed way too excited in the game. So yeah. everything was rushing. So the ball wasn't like bouncing off his shins. He was overrunning the ball. Sometimes even going past the ball, and you know, almost like leaving the ball behind. And I thought to myself, you know, I know you want to prove yourself here, but it doesn't like you, the more or the harder you're trying. The more you're making little, you know, those little errors, which is almost like switching the the the, the point of play from uh, attack, and then we have to defend again because try to make up for that error that he's not just made. And then, uh, like look, you now mentioned that on anything, or we both mentioned it, and then Gabriel, and then of course the other point I want to just uh, make a, a note of is also at times it looked like William and Pepper just didn't or weren't interested in this game or being on the pitch, and yet these are the guys that should be actually playing for the Arsenal career right now. Yeah, like after that, like after almost the first half performance, I like you know I saw a stat that Pepe actually was one of the leading creators in this game for Arsenal, and because of his overall performance, you you kind of don't even witness that because you become so frustrated with him that you forget his positive attributes he brings because his negatives almost outweighs the positives and, and same with William as well. You you get so frustrated at them that the sight of almost seeing them on the team sheet as as almost as that at that you know takes the wind out of yourself. And I mean uh, also especially now we had the stage now where we're chasing the game in like in this time. And sometimes you actually want you know say people to swing a, a dangerous ball or something like that. You know like give something for somebody to attack. But then I mean he tries these sort of acute angle Free kicks, which I mean, you know, it's not going to really work. I'm, I mean, unless you're going to be on, you know, really, really red hot form. But I mean, all these these shots are like whistling way over the bar. <laughs> I'm not talking of feet. I mean, there was one shot. I think I'm not sure if it was first or second off. We shanked the ball so bad it was going not even for a corner. That it was back out of play again. Yeah, I, I think. Uh... 
my my girlfriend was we were watching the game as well, and she was even shocked at that shot. She like asked me, "Huh? What, what was he trying there?" Then second half, uh, 49th minute, big chance for the Saints again. Danny Ings, it's a goal-bound effort. It ends up beating Leno. Rebounds of the post, hitting the back of Leno. And then, of course, with our luck, it ends up just bobbling out for a goal kick. Oh, that was... That was, corner, sorry. It, was it was weird because they never took the corner. Was it called offside or something like that? Because I don't recall the corner being taken after that. It was like Arsenal got the ball and went back upfield again. So I'm not sure if, if, mm. if that was called the offside that we just didn't take note of it. But I didn't realise it, it was supposed to be maybe a corner. Then Arsenal in the 58th minute now decided to make the changes. Only Ni and Martinelli came off. And uh, they were replaced by uh, Saka and Thomas Party. So, I mean, Arsenal, of course, now, you know, really upping the pressure, I think, so from the hour mark, I mean, really upping the pressure. Because you could see the, the way Southampton were playing. Because, look, when they started the game, they were doing such a high press on us for the majority of the game. It was actually difficult now, you know, to, to get, because, as I said in the reply to the, the point, uh, they were like camping in our half, the first half. And now it's not like that suffers us on to catch up to them, you know, on their legs, because... They were almost like a bit sluggish and it was looking like they were giving up more position than anything than, you know, just hitting us in the break. And I mean, it's just the point that you now brought up earlier. You know, when you lack the creativity, you can have all the position you want, which we did. And I mean, nothing just went our way. Yeah, but you can see the difference between that quality Pakaya Saka and Thomas Party added when they came on. You know, you could see a, like, you know, shift in momentum. And also, I don't know if you... Um, uh, I thought that in the game that that, that, that Walker Peters handled the ball in the box, or would you have not have given it a handball for a penalty? I don't know, to be honest, with VAR, it just messed me so up. I mean, at, nowadays, I don't even know what to call a handball anymore because certain stuff, like, like if I take, for example, say last night's game, with the build up to that, was which was supposed to be, I think, Liverpool's second, second no, third goal, sorry, the, the one that was like a rule, a chalk off. That uh, Eric Dyer is actually hitting Firmino's arm from, if I can remember the angle, it was from behind. So, like, uh, he whacks him on the elbow. His hand comes up, which, of course, almost like half slaps the ball back into his path again. And, I mean, then it does look like he's fully handling the ball. But, I mean, you can see it's a, a reactionary move. Like, yeah. you know, you, when you, like when a doctor hits you on your knee and your foot just kicks out. It was something like that with the elbow when he just did that sort of knock. But... That being said, I, I mean, I, I knew, like, you, you know, when you know that your luck is not going your way, then you know, okay, even decisions like that that you mentioned now is not going to go away. Yeah, but, we, you know, we didn't deserve anything because I think overall the quality was really poor. You know, the, 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 and you yeah, can see the, the, the goal was 70th minute. Yeah. I mean, you can just see the gap in the quality of your first team as versus your kind of rotation players, which we need to kind of narrow that gap because, you know, exactly. you're starting 11 wins you cups, right? But your squad wins you Premier League. And, you know, we just don't have that depth as it's shown, you know, 17th minute, our first shot. I mean, come on. Mm. In 72nd minute, we did in the finally bringing Lacazette on. He replaced uh, Arsenal, of course, did the the tinkering with Cedric and switching over to right back and Saka then dropping in as a left back, which kind of, you know, nullifies whatever chance we still wanted to, you know, fizzle out in this game. 
Uh, 71th minute, we then end up not changing formation this time. Again, no luck. So, I mean, Southampton end up holding on, frustratingly, to knock us out of the cup. Yeah, I mean, well-deserved, you know, performance of Southampton. Arsenal just wanted the races. And I, I actually took this this defeat quite hard, you know, after <laughs> the game. And like, I didn't really watch any football for the rest of the the day. But, um, you know, as Arsenal fans, your spirits are high come Tuesday evening again as you get ready to, to take on Southampton again, which, you know, saw a different changed Arsenal lineup. Yeah, and I mean, look, end on art now. I'm not going to bullshit you or the listeners now. But you know, I was actually willing to take this defeat for the for the for the cup. I don't know why. I mean, I know yes, we want to get that solved, but I was just thinking, if it comes down to those two fixtures, I like. I'm just thinking now, especially now when you see how the other results are starting to play out in the league, and now all of a sudden we've gone from relegation threatened to. It was like no, top four contenders again if we not get the sort of run. If Look, we are on a fantastic run at the moment, but if we cannot just, you know, push it over that, that what we call like the limiter now, if we can go over that edge now and really go on a, a, another level of, of, of run, especially now with what we're going to mention later on, the talking points with the additions and that. It's going to play out because all of a sudden, look at, at, at Chelsea. Chelsea, one minute or... Uh, you know, cruising in, in uh, yeah, literally cruising in, in the top four spots, and even at one point uh, uh, topping the league. And look at them now; they they almost like we're right there behind them right now. Or oh, not behind? We uh, edged the enemy, didn't we? No, no. So, so they are above us now because they drew two wolves. They, so they have the same amount of games on thirty points in eighth. Everton thirty three points, eighteen games played. So they have two games in hand. Tottenham also 30, 33 points, one game in hand, and then West Ham has 35 points. So we're five points of fifth place. You know, we played the same amount of games as them, but Tottenham, Everton still have their games in hand. So you have to see how that plays out. Seven points behind Liverpool, not bad. So, like you said, it's about chipping away at each game. And if you can continue to do that, you know, who knows where you could be after another five games. I think take it five games at a time. And I think this game against Southampton was a crucial game, even though, you know, for me, I thought a bit nervous playing psychologically the same team that, you know, really played us off the park. So, yeah, we, you know, Arteta came in, as I mentioned earlier on, into every criticism for his selection. And this time, I mean... He went with what he believes is his uh, full, uh, strongest team now, minus like Aubameyang again. Um, the lineup was Leno, and then uh, Bellerin, Louise, Holding, and Cedric, uh, the leading the back four line. I mean, it was actually a bit worrying knowing that if you remember a few weeks back in the podcast, Arteta was known to say that that uh, Tierney was just arrested, and now it was like later on, at, or a few hours later, that uh, after that game. Then we find out it's actually a minor injury, and now it's like he's out still, you know, for a period. So I was, in a way, nervous because he, you know, as much as you, you, I love Saka and and Smith Rowe, you know, what they bring to the squad. You actually think, as you, I think you also mentioned, he's got that real, like he's the heart of this team. If you think of it right now, Tierney, and I was kind of nervous, thinking, you know, is are we now really gonna miss him? Because look, he is. He adds the new dimension on that left-hand side. We look even way more threatening when he plays also. So I was really nervous in a way. But, I mean, as a back to the squad, Thomas Partey and Xhaka were 
the holding mids, and then the midfield, the attacking mid midfield three was Pepe, Smith, Rowe, and Saka, with Lacazette leading the front line. I was surprised to see Pepe getting a start. I mean, I think he, I guess he must have done something right to to impress Arteta. I mean, maybe to get the start over Martinelli, like you said, Martinelli, who, who, who seemed, like you said, very excited. But it was a better starting lineup. I think with Tierney kind of, you know, on the sidelines, I kind of worried again. But, you know, the way the game started, I mean, Cedric, for me, you know, showed his, his his reliability and slowly starting to win me over after I had my doubts about him. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal started the game like a better out of hell. I mean, for me, which, which was really unusual, especially now being at, uh, an away game, because look, we never see them starting so positively on the front foot. And I mean, no matter who we played so far this season, whether you you know in the top half or the middle or the you know, back end of the table, we were really, we always start slow and sluggish and I mean look at we getting on both our nerves already with this style of play. But I mean this time I mean the ball ends up I think quite early in the game. Luck as it gets a clear cut chance we uh, he ends up manages to fluff the chance. I think a cool head and, and, and you know opening his foot a bit. I think he would have steered us probably into a very, very early lead in the game. Yeah, that frustrated me that much. I was like, you know, or, or, you know, even though I, you know, cover up for like I said, and say you can't blame him. You know, if he misses opportunity from at, at times, um, you know, it's, he doesn't get a lot of chances. But at that point, I was like, come on, man, you're always missing these crucial opportunities. And you know, lo and behold, a few uh, a few minutes later, not too long later, um, Southampton capitalized on that. Yeah. Uh... Also, uh, from a corner, then I think third minute, um, we didn't fail to clear the corner. And then, of course, Stuart Armstrong. And I think this is somebody I think well, my wife actually mentioned it to me. She noticed, like, when we play them, like the last few games that we play them, he's somebody that nobody really takes note of. And it reminds me a bit of that Madison when he sometimes plays. At, uh, not not now. I mean, look, we all know he's like a superstar now. But I don't know if before that when he like, broke on the scene, you don't really take. You don't really take note of him. And then almost like he's actually the one you should be actually watching because almost like everybody's eyes always focused focus on Danny Ings or, uh, you know, so like when Vestergaard was fit on him or, you know, all those sort of key figures. But it's like nobody really takes note of him. And that Armstrong was like, when he came through like that, because the minute we were almost like slow to react also when the ball was now bouncing out. And I mean, by the time he burst through from, like, making almost like a late run into the box, he just smashed the ball past Leno, one or Southampton. Yeah, it was quite frustrating, actually, is that we went down after, you know, having a glorious chance, and I, you know, I thought Deja Vu all over again. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I did feel the worst. You know, you go into the game like, you know, with a positive mindset, because, look, I straight up, when I saw the lineup, I felt already upbeat, thinking, okay... We took that one on the chin the weekend in the FA Cup, so now, you know, this time we're going to, you know, kick ass now. But, I mean, when you saw that sort of performance, you thought, oh, man. And then, of course, like, when we restart the game, the minute you start see, I think this is where I actually started feeling again, you know, that, that, that feel-good feeling again, where the minute we kicked off, you already saw us going back on the front foot again. And, I mean, I'm like, sorry, I was, like, kind of aghast, you know, sitting back thinking, oh, look at them not coming out at us. With no fear, and I mean, look, we were knocking the ball around, letting them, you know, even though they were trying this, this high press game, we kept on, I was like, playing them into those little traps where every time they would come forward in a, in a, a bunch, like it, we just end up just hoofing the ball over the, 
over the halfway line or something like that for our runners to go at. And then you could see the whole Southampton team had to, as a group, shift back into defensive mode again. Oh, yeah. And then um, for, for, for me, Gunnar Chaka was um, uh, instrumental as well in this game. And like you said, part of the pressing and how his, his, his strength and his, his vision, you know, to, to, to play Pepe in. Yeah, I mean, great okay, build-up play. I mean, it ends up starting with Thomas Party, who ends up playing almost like a simple ball to Xhaka. And I mean, Xhaka ends up playing a perfect through ball to Pepe, who... I mean, I, I was... Uh, when you think of what he normally does when he's in an attacking position, I thought to myself, OK, this time he got really cut in. And then, I mean, they showed a different side to his game where he almost like showed his upper body strength because he ends up holding off two... Uh, like I think one midfielder, one defender, and he holds him off. And I'm thinking, just pull the trigger now. And I think he just waits for the keeper to somehow, you know, kind of overcommit, and then he ends up just placing the ball past the keeper, one-one. Not, not, not the. Ex- I didn't expect that to happen. The ball to end up in the back of the net with the way Pepe's been playing of late. So, you know, one-one Arsenal, and you could see the momentum shifting. I think Southampton, you know, probably played their socks off. You know, on the weekend, and kind of brought a lot of you know tied legs onto the pitch. Yeah, I mean, also we're now at a stage in the game where we were playing uh, Southampton dizzy with sharp, snappy passing, and I mean, Saka ends up setting up uh, Cedric with a a good chance, and I think the uh, the makeshift left back ends up you know eating the ball with the outside of the foot, and I think it just just manages to whistle past the post, and I think that the, I don't even think the keeper had it covered. Yeah, you could see that we were on the up. Then, of course, we had this kind of blackout moment where <laughs> uh, I think Southampton, I don't know who it was, that just ends up eating the ball forward to uh, to Theo Walker. And I don't know what David Lewis was thinking. I don't know if he tried to control the ball or whatever in flight. The ball gets somewhat intercepted. And, uh, I mean, he ends up, you know, almost like having to catch up. But, I mean, the Walcott is already fast. But, luckily, Walcott then shows, of course, that sort of flows again when he was at us and the chance of end up fizzling out. Yeah, yeah there's, there's some heart-in-mouth moments there. But, you know, like 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 you mentioned, Arsenal were were, were on this and, and they were hungry. And I think they wanted to also get their revenge from uh, the weekend. Yeah. So, again, as you mentioned, Jaka, the main man in midfield, ends up winning again a ball at the ninth minute. He plays the ball through to Lacazette. And, I mean, Lacazette, I think, instinctively, because you can see this is not training ground stuff, he plays a fantastic ball. It almost like dissects the whole Southampton defence. And, I mean, Saka ends up getting the ball just... I mean, there's enough weight on the ball also for the go pass, for him to, like, the dribble through. And then, I don't know what was going through the keeper's head, McCarthy. He ends up coming so far out of his box, and I thought to myself, is he going to now take Saka out of it? But I mean, he kind of pulls out of the challenge, and like stands still, and I mean, in that moment, uh, Saka just, you know, dances around him, and then rolls the ball into an empty net, 2-1 Arsenal. Yeah, and I think at that point, we felt, I don't know how you felt, but I felt, you know, confident that we were going to take control of this game, because we, we, we just seemed like we wanted it more for once. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, I think 42nd minute, there was a, a moment where there was a VAR with a penalty. What was your, your makeup of that? Because that's from the challenge of Vulcans on Lacazette. Yeah, for, for, for me, I, I'm obviously going to be very biased, but I, I thought that could have, have, have passed as a penalty. 
Yeah. So we're going to half and two one in the lead. I mean that's has been quite a rarity for us, especially away from home. So what was your thoughts going into the second half? So I thought second half Arsenal would, you know, maintain control of the game and kind of maybe start bossing it more mm. with holding on possession and and I thought there there could be an opportunity for a goal if, if um Southampton do have to open up and come at us because you know, as much as they were the um you know, two one down, and they would have probably wanted to actually uh, um, go edge ahead of Arsenal because Arsenal were like you know behind them. So I thought they would have come out hard, and we actually had to try and fight hard to to kind of keep them at bay. But I knew an opportunity would slip up. I mean, for us to you know make a to try to get a second goal, third goal. Yeah, and uh, 49th minute, but I mean look. The attacks of Southampton was also coming, you know, in fits and starts, the really, you know, sporadic stuff. Uh, Armstrong again gets the uh, opportunity, and I think he ends up laying it off for Theo Walker, who tries his luck, but I mean, he finds it straight at Leno. Yeah, I, I think Arsenal were doing well to keep him at bay, and I think um, the likes of Party and Jacques has formed a formidable partnership, and... Um, you could see the difference in Rob Holding the moment David Luiz, you know, came back into the team. It's almost like Holding needs a senior person almost next to him or older, you would say, just to kind of keep him that bit of composure. Yeah. Then, I mean, 53rd minute, we again get a, a, a shot at the go. And, I mean, this is what we were mentioning last week. We, uh, now that we've kind of, you know, oh, Arteta has kind of dropped the shackles from the squad. You know, the opponent is going to get chances no doubt. But I mean, now it also shows the more we open up, they also open up. And that is where we are also now starting to, you know, almost like make our own luck in, in matches. And I mean, Cedric plays a perfect slide rule pass to uh, Smith Rowe, who kind of waits for uh, McCarthy to, you know, come sliding in at him. And I think with a deaf little chip, the ball's heading goalwards. And I think Jack Stevens, I believe, he just manages to clear the ball in the, in the panic. Yeah, it just shows you the, 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 the difference that the Smith Road running between the lines does to the team and kind of um, to the opposition it kind of opens them up a bit more like you mentioned and also you know lets them think about more so you can't just defend statically and you know Smith Road always is pulling players out of position 66 minutes there was like a real heart and mouth moment and I think I don't know I was close to probably pulling my ear out <laughs> Where, you know with as positive as we were playing I don't know what, if it was now fatigue for us, you know, that, that little period where you, the team was tiring. But, I mean, Danny Ings goes on the sort of Brazilian maze run through the box. Everybody's kind of ball-watching. And I'm thinking, is somebody going to do something? Because, I mean, I don't know, with first two players, like, just standing, and, and uh, Ings is, like, you know, slithering between the two of them. And then I think one, there was a, I don't know, Wood was trying to put a tackle in. And they also kind of pull out of the tackle, and I think it ended up being with almost like Leno kind of smothering the situation. Yeah, Leno always missed the consistency to the rescue. Yeah, so then Arsenal ended up making a change. I mean, it would have been Pepe uh, being sub, but then I think Smith Rowe ended up cramping up quite badly. Of course, uh, you know, the media always, I don't know if they want to try to get a reaction out of Arsenal fans, but because, I mean, even I think when the cameras were on Smith Rowe, I think he just said, like, both my thighs are tight. And I think, look, we've seen him the other day when he was playing himself into the ground in that uh, one of the league games we won also where he ended up playing himself was like naked. Where he, I mean, he couldn't even walk off the pitch because he was like so, 
you know, cramped up. And I think this was a part of his development as a player where physically this part of his game, he is going to probably strengthen over time. But it's not like we also have to be patient. But, uh, yeah, the changes they made, Smith Rowe comes off, William comes on, and, and Pepe ends up staying on. Yeah, I, I, I find it a bit unfair that yellow, could, that yellow card, um, Pepe got the yellow card, even though it wasn't his fault that, you know, he kind of delayed it because they needed to find out if Smith Rowe could continue. And another thing for me, it just showed you the importance of, you know, arresting Smith Rowe for the for the league c- campaign because imagine he had to play the two games, you know, back to back. You know, you could have had a bad muscle injury. Yeah. Then 72nd minute, William actually does something finally, ends up winning a <laughs> little scrap. The ball ends up kind of spilling to Cedric. And I mean Cedric ends up beating one of those Granite Jaka-esque passes away across the pitch. And I mean, I was thought it was like just a hit and out. But I mean, he's on the money. I mean, he ends up hitting the ball perfectly onto Saka's foot. And I mean, the young man is also in top um, notch form. And I mean, with, with like first or instinctive uh, touch, gets the ball under control, whoops in the low cross, and Laka comes in to tap in 3-1 Arsenal. Yeah, that was, that was a, a fitting, you know, goal that Saka... Mr. Consistency has gotten involved in almost, you know, every aspect of, of, of the goals that we, we scored. So, and Cedric, for me, you know, as I mentioned before, we started the game, put in a real masterclass performance. And, you know, as you always mentioned, that second assist was very vital from uh, Cedric. You know, that comment of the second assist reminds me of that time when I actually get annoyed of people you get on, on, on Twitter when they talk about the, the double pivot. And I'm thinking, shut the fuck up, <laughs> We, like, you know, when we go old school coaching and that, or talking of football, you never heard us talk about stuff like the double. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we ended up, you know, seeing the game out quite confident. I think the only one chance we really had of a, of a like a scare was 86 minute with uh, Ward Prowse, I think. But I mean, Leno already had the ball set up perfectly and he positioned himself as a perfect. So he just easily, you know, palmed the ball away. I mean, and I think that David Luiz was it. Was he, was it I don't know if you mentioned it or was it, when we were three-one up when he made that another error. <laughs> that is the one like you know that control all deleted moment. For me, it was another heart-stopping moment when he because I mean I thought to myself, why take the risk? I mean, you're already cruising to a win, and then you want to do this little, you know, bizarre errors of judgment. But yeah, I mean, uh, I was happy to take you know the the three points against Southampton that knocked us out and kind of. Move on to bigger and better things. The top spot, Man United, who you know uh, was slayed by the bottom of the table, Sheffield United at Old Trafford. You know, and suddenly I feel a bit confident about the game because I, I, prior to that, I thought you know Man United is really unstoppable, coming off you know a draw at Anfield, beating Liverpool in the FA Cup, and you know they threw it away against Southampton. I mean, now Arsenal probably you know also maybe small blood. And I mean, look, now it's like second versus ninth uh, tomorrow evening. Um, Arsenal haven't lost to Man United in the last four meetings. So, I mean, to go into that game already, no. Because I think, I mean, look, I don't want to also run my mouth before the time. But I mean, just like sorry, my opinion into that. Now, yeah, it's like, for me, it, it seems Arteta actually knows where to kind of nullify United. And I think, because you can't just say, okay, it was a fluke, say, and then we beat him 2-0 at the Emirates last season. 
and now you look at it now the, the, the way we played also at United and I mean we were going through a, a real crap period but I mean we're actually looking more you know especially when, when it comes to these sort of games where Arteta knows his thing against say someone like Solskjaer then yeah uh, I just hope you know we we set up and and, and and can do the business. I mean, it'll be excellent if we can kind of pick up the three points against a Man United side and, you know, close the gap wherever we can. I mean, there's um, Tottenham, Chelsea, I think, are still going to be, you know, trying to adjust to, yeah. under the new coach. Um, Everton, I think they'll beat Newcastle. I'm just looking at the fixtures. Um, Chelsea, Burnley, I mean, Leicester, Leeds. I, I don't see any upsets. West Ham possibly against Liverpool. So Arsenal, I think you know, need to need to go out there and you know, even if they close the three points between them and Manchester United, because that could be a massive boost to Arsenal. I mean, like I said, they ten points ahead of Arsenal, they could make it seven. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not just looking also at the players' stats. I think the two people who really we have to keep an eye on in this game is Bruno Fernandes and Marcus Rashford because you know Rashford, you know, for his goals and but I mean. Look, Fernandez is the one that's almost like carving out Charles yeah. just about everybody in that squad. And I mean, he's got that sort of ace up his sleeve with his free kicks as well and his distribution from free, from deep ball situations. And Pogba is also into kind of hit, you know, more form than we've seen, you know, at, at the, ever at his time at the club. So, you know, Party is going to have a real game on his hand. And I mean, Bishaka as well, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely call upon him as well. You know, it's actually funny, I'm just with regards to the stats or so now. When you look at now the goals conceded per match, the top three actually would have thought it was like Manchester City, Arsenal, and Tottenham. <laughs> oh, is that least conceded or, or goals most? conceded per match? Uh, for oh, the... Okay, okay. So, I mean, it's more like we are on the keeper sort of, you know, uh, everything at lock, you know, lock at lockdown pace here in defense. I mean, I just, uh, that's why I said, so it sounds like David Lewis. You don't want that sort of little blips because it's not like you, you almost like the minute you do that, you almost like getting your guard down. All that hard work that you've been building on to build this like a rock solid defense almost like goes just out of the window. Then yeah, that's a bit too casual. But let's hope you know they can stay switched on and not give away unnecessary chances. All we can hope for is a top performance, and you know the result will take care of itself. I guess. Yeah, and now we switch our attention to the talking points of the week. Um, the biggest news, of course, was Martin Odengard joining us on Monday for a six-month loan. Um, I mean, what's your thoughts? You know, I, prior to you mentioning, I never took too much note of him. I always always thought of him as the Real Madrid uh, flop that when they signed him as a youngster. But I think he has a lot to prove. He, he's done well. I think he's associated. And I think he'll be ready to go and prove himself in the Premier League. And who knows, you know, push Arsenal into contention for the various, you know, European places. And even, you know, I don't know, he's, he's, he's eligible to play in the Europa League, right? Yeah, he can play. Okay, so, I mean, you know, he could even give us a push there. I mean, that's will be a perfect balance between him and Smith Rowe. You know, if they one needs to be arrested for the other. And I think, you know, who knows if they he can beat Arsenal or add or maybe another addition to to a, to a top four spot, you know, who knows, maybe he signs and stays at the club. But I can only hope his loan is better than uh, that of Dennis Suarez when he came from La Liga in January. You know, I actually watched a match a while back with Dennis Suarez playing for, I think, I'm not sure if he's at Celta Figo now. 
And you know when you see him now and he's playing with a smile on his foot and his face and you think, gosh, was this guy really us for that yeah. off season loan or something like that? But I mean, for me, that deal also did not make sense at all because. I mean, the guy just did a couple of dribbles where he ended up dribbling himself confused and then that was it. And I mean, he was only just standing alone. Almost like a new kid at the school, just standing alone, <laughs> training ground. So, yeah. And then now, with other news, um, there's talk of loan moves for Nelson, Rich Nelson and Ainsley Maitland-Niles because, I mean, I personally, I mean, if you see no, almost like a reaction from, say, someone like Maitland-Niles where as much as you want him to stay on and, and willing to do better, but you just don't, I don't know, maybe it's his, his personality. It's been so casual and relaxed at the club, like his penalties. So <laughs> I don't know, maybe he needs a challenge where, you know, it's a sort of different sort of fire, you know, put on him. Yeah, I mean, there's so much potential there. I mean, you've seen yeah. him play some key parts in various games, you know, uh, FA Cup semi and finals, or just to name a few, but... He was very instrumental there, and I just do hope the best for him. Yeah. Then, of course, there was this strange rumour bouncing around. I mean, I don't know how true it is. Of course, it's just a rumour, as I said. That Skodra Mustafi, this talk of... I mean, look, as uh, we mentioned last week already, where the club wants to, or uh, in discussions with his agent, the, of you know dissolving his contract so he can leave as a free agent. While this, uh, the news that now, uh, has been popping up now was... Since Liverpool got so injury crisis, there's actually talk of him coming in as that, like almost like a, on a six month loan basis, just to you know, like because look, he becomes a free agent anyway in, in June, but also like to help them out because look, they are really suffering now. Because uh, even last night, as I think at, at full time on Twitter, it was trending that you know sign a centre back for Liverpool like under the Liverpool thing. So I mean, it shows you how desperate they are getting now. It would be cool if they signed him. Maybe we could bridge the gap between them and, and us if they if they have Mustafi in their team. Agent Mustafi. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. So, with that, we'll end the podcast. We hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Let's keep fingers crossed that the game goes our way on Saturday. It, I mean, look, positivity is there in the club. So, let's, let's hope it keeps on soaring. Take care, guys. Bye. You guys have a good one. <laughs>